0: My introduction here of my message about towels and white flags, there's certain universal symbols. We understand that. You know, surrender, you raise your hand. And another universal symbol is when armies are engaged in conflict and and one decides they're going to surrender, what do they do? A white flag. They wave a white flag. It's a universal symbol for, I give up. If you ever watch uh, boxing or or fighting, uh, you know there's a a, a statement that, well, I'm just going to throw in the towel. Well, that means that they're giving up. And the point of my message today, based upon Paul's writing in 2 Corinthians is, it's always too soon to wave the white flag if you're following Jesus. Jesus. It's always too soon to throw in the towel if you're a disciple of Jesus Christ. So I've entitled this message, It's Always Too Soon, because every one of us has an opportunity to wave the flag or to toss in the towel in just about every area of our life. Maybe in your marriage, you are just tired and you are ready to wave the white flag. Maybe it's in your Business, a business that you believe God has placed in your heart. You have a vision, you have a business plan, but things aren't happening the way that you had hoped. Maybe it's in your financial goals, maybe it's in your weight loss goals. For a lot of us, it's our effort to be fully devoted to Jesus Christ. And man, you know, we're in the Word every day for eight or nine days in a row, and then somehow we Fall out of the habit, and then pretty soon little sins begin to creep into our life, and we think, Oh, why can't I follow Christ the way that I want to follow Christ? I think I'm just going to give up on it. I've tried following the Lord for so many years, and it just seems I'm always reverting back to my old fleshly ways. Friends, today I want you to know it's always too soon to give up. Jesus is with you. Stay in the fight. Well, one of my very favorite authors uh, is Warren Worsby. He was a dear old Baptist brother who wrote a lot of books back in the 80s and 90s. And he wrote a book called Too Soon to Quit. Now, he does a lot of commentaries as well, but this book was fantastic. And it's, I think, fantastic that he wrote it at age 80. He was 80 years old, and he decided to write a book called Too Soon to Quit. And it wasn't even his last book. He died at 89 and had published several books in that nine-year period. You could almost say that Warren Weirdsby lived the book's message. Too soon to quit. And I agree with that premise because it's based upon God's word. In any good and worthy endeavor, particularly if you feel the Holy Spirit has called you to that effort, it's too soon to quit. Some of you fathers are having challenges with your kids. Some of you are having challenges with addictive behaviors. Some of you are having challenges in relationships. But friends, do not quit. The Holy Spirit in you, and we talked about that last week, it's one of our values, we value the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit in you will give you the power. The Lord will help you. Because once you quit, once you wave the white flag, you've eliminated forever the possibility of winning. And if you can't win, you, you can't win if you don't play. And that's why quitting is important or quitting is fatal every time. That's why this whole concept is important that you need to keep on keeping on. But there's something equally as important. um, And that is the fact to realize that it's the Holy Spirit. It's God in you that is greater than he that is in the world. If, If Satan can come in and destroy our marriages... Through divorce, for example, he'll seek to destroy it uh, uh, in other ways, like apathy or hopelessness. You know, if Satan can't convince you to quit your job or just to quit the church and walk away, he'll try to get you to quit caring about doing a good job or quit trying to be involved in ministry. Someone said it this way, if Satan can't defeat you, he'll try to deflate you. Now think that through for a moment. Sometimes we get discouraged and we don't quit, but we quit trying. We might not throw in the towel, but we become very apathetic. And the Bible has a term for that. It's called losing heart. The phrase appears about five or six times in the New Testament. And every time you read losing heart, it's in the context of an exhortation to keep going. We should never lose heart. Now, we're not immune to disappointments. We're not immune to discouragement. We're not immune to being tired. We all know what it's like to want to give up. We're not immune to that. But I want you to know, friends, you're not powerless against it. There's always a way to conquer the will to quit if you depend upon the empowerment of the Holy Spirit and the Word of God. Now, the book that we're going to look at this morning, 2 Corinthians, was written by uh, the Apostle Paul. And uh, if any man had a reason to lose heart, it's probably this guy. His life pretty much consisted of one overwhelming challenge. Uh, after another we know he was beaten he was imprisoned uh, he was shipwrecked he was betrayed he was abandoned by his friends he was the target of religious hypocrites the established church didn't like this guy either and on top of that he lived in a world there was a hostile government So, man, I mean, the the guy had all sorts of reasons just to throw in the towel. His life, Paul's life, was not easy. And I think a lesser man who didn't understand the dynamics of Christ and the Spirit working in us would have given up. But Paul refused to quit. It's one thing I admire about Paul. He refused to quit. He refused to even think about quitting. Now, there's been many times that I've not quit, but I've considered quitting in areas of my life. Paul didn't even consider quitting. He refused to surrender to despair. He would not. He could not lose heart because he knew of the living hope that he had in his personal relationship with Jesus. It's too soon for you to even think about quitting. Let's read our text. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, beginning with verse 13. It is written, I believed, therefore I have spoken. Since we have that same spirit of faith, we also believe and therefore speak. Because we know that the one who raised the Lord Jesus from the dead will also raise us with Jesus and present us with you to himself. We talked about that. We sang about that this morning. Verse 15, all of this is for your benefit so that the grace that is reaching more and more people may cause thanksgiving to overflow to the glory of God. Therefore, we do not lose heart. We don't lose heart because we know we win at the end. We know that not even death defeats us. We do not lose heart. And then Paul becomes real with us. He says, though outwardly, we're wasting away. Maybe our bodies aren't the same as they were 20 or 30 years ago. Maybe our mind is failing. Maybe our ability to do things are failing. Yet inwardly, as our outward body is wasting away, we are being renewed day by day. For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, which is the outward, the troubles, the storm, the discouragement, but we fix our eyes on what is eternal. Praise the Lord. Man, this is a powerful portion of Scripture. To think that we can remain strong even if outwardly we're wasting away. I love the illustration of a football. It's such a, it's a, such a small item. And in the fall, we see there's six or seven 250 or 300 pound men all jumping on this football. Yet it doesn't deflate, it doesn't pop, because the air pressure inside is greater than the pressure being exerted on the outside. And with the help of the Holy Spirit, you can be so strong inside in your spirit that it doesn't matter. Who is jumping on you? What the weights of the world and the burdens of society or of your family dynamics are outwardly, even though you might be wasting away outwardly, your spirit can be strong in the Lord. Do not give up. Do not wave the white flag. Realize greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. couple things I want you to contemplate, number one is that life is a daily event. We don't just get victory one day and then we have it for the rest of our life. By daily event, I mean it's a daily challenge. I'm not trying to be pessimistic, but tomorrow morning when you wake up, you can pretty much be certain that there's gonna be some challenge in your life throughout the day. You know what I'm saying? There's a daily battle. Why is that? Because Satan is out to kill, rob, steal, and destroy. Satan is out to discourage you. Satan is out to, there is a cosmic spiritual battle after your spirit, after your heart. And Satan's not going to give up. So there's going to be this daily battle. And I think it's sometimes mind-boggling that we allow ourselves to think that we're not in a battle. The Bible is very clear. We are in a spiritual battle. Man, how many times do we catch ourselves thinking, well, someday, as soon as I get this project done, someday, as soon as I have this amount of the bank, someday, when I get whatever, I'm just going to be able to sit back and relax and put life on cruise control. It's not going to happen. There's not going to be a day this side of heaven that you wake up and you've conquered all your problems. Sorry, life's a daily event. That's why Paul says you have to die to yourself daily. It's a spiritual battle. You'll never get to the point that you'll be able to sit back and say, okay, smooth sailing from here. Because we're in a battle. And Paul acknowledged that. In fact, that's what he said in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 31. And he is talking about the turmoil that's going on in his life. And he says, I have to die daily. Some translations say, I face death daily. I'm just saying in a broader context, we face challenges daily. We face discouragement daily every single day and if you and I want to be the kind of people that don't lose heart who won't yield to despair and discouragement then we have to you know kind of give ourselves a reality check and remind ourselves man the problems of life are going to be coming at me every day because I have an enemy Satan is out to get me and I'm gonna have to deal with these things every day and everybody knows that when we all get to heaven It's going to be a day of rejoicing, isn't it? When we all see Jesus, we'll shout the victory. And that's true. But friends, until that day, we're engaged in this battle. We're in the trenches of life. You're face to face with the enemy. And it's only through the empowerment of the Holy Spirit that you can resist waving the white flag. But with his help, you can be Paul or like Paul. And you can say, I will not lose heart. Jesus rose from the dead. Jesus will resurrect us and present us to God the Father. Man, that is such a, a wonderful hope. And it should be our, our goal. It should be really the center of our thoughts as we're struggling down here on earth. The second thing, it's a, it's a daily battle, but from the scripture I see that all the stuff we deal with, all the external stuff, whether it's a, a friend that has betrayed you, whether it's a, a bill you can't pay, whether it's a, a sin that is, is uh, just kind of keeping you from where you want to be with the Lord, whatever, all those externals of life are secondary, Always. Secondary. They're not primary, they're secondary. We need to keep our eyes on the things that really matter. That's why Paul says here, therefore we're not going to lose heart even though outwardly we're wasting away. Now, you can look at that two different ways. You can look at it literally. Okay, we know our bodies are not what they were 20 years ago. As we age, things begin to... He might be talking about that, or he might be using it as a metaphor. And that's very possible, too. We use expressions all the time, like throw in the towel. Well, you know what that means. I wouldn't use that term if I was teaching overseas because it's kind of an American idiom. You know what I mean by throwing in the towel. Not every culture would understand that. So we don't really know why Paul used this term... But it could be a metaphor. Again, it could be the punishment that his body took. Think about decades of being beaten. The stones that were thrown at him. There were times that Paul literally was hungry for days. Think of the sleepless nights he had in prisons that were full of sewage and... Uh, He might be saying, man, I don't know if this whole body can take much more of this. It's wasting away. But I think there's a good chance he's also teaching us, using this as a metaphor, saying outwardly we're wasting away, not just talking about the physical body, but about every aspect of daily life, the culture we live in. We face some real challenges today in Washington State in the year 2021, culturally. Those are outward things. Maybe it's the out-of-life situations we face. When our dear brother Chad gets a phone call that his mother has fallen and broken her leg. It's, it's an out-of-control situation, but it's outwardly, right? Maybe it's the emotional battles that we experience and the attacks from the enemy. Think of that in, a, in a, a metaphorical way. Paul's challenge is to remember, just like the body is not the most important thing, it's the soul that we have to protect. It's our heart we have to protect, and it can always be strong in the Lord. Someone can be lying in ICU, non responsive, yet their spirit can be strong, and their spirit can be communicating to God, and the Holy Spirit can be communicating peace and hope to them, because our spirit is inward. The external things of life, man, the physical things of life, the challenges, the mental pain are never as important as the spiritual things. That's why the Bible says we need to build ourselves up. How? In our most holy faith. We're in the world, we have to deal with these things on a daily basis. Jesus acknowledged that. His great prayer in John 17 He says, we are not of the world. We live here, but we're not of the world. Someone wrote a song one time, this world is not my home. I'm just passing through. You might be here for 40 years or 60 years or 80 years or 100 years. I don't know. But for a Christian, this is a temporary home. The externals of our life, friends, are an ever-moving target. (laughs) What you're dealing with today probably won't be what you're dealing with next year. But you'll be dealing with something. If you've always gotta be on the upswing of success to be happy, you're gonna find yourself losing heart. So I'm telling you to concentrate on this inner man that'll keep you strong. And that comes through the enablement and the empowerment of the Spirit. And many things of life we spend our lives pursuing don't matter in the grand scheme of things. The external things of life are secondary. That's why the Apostle John in his first epistle wrote these words, Do not love the world or the things of the world. If anyone loves the world, The love of the Father is not in him. He's got his priorities mixed up. Okay, third reality. Renewal needs to happen on a daily basis. And that goes along with my first point. It's a daily battle. (laughs) So therefore, renewal needs to happen on a daily basis. Paul said he faced death daily, but he didn't lose heart because he is being inwardly renewed on a daily basis. Years ago, there was a motivational speaker um, that some of you might have heard of. His name was Zig Ziglar. And uh, quite a guy. He was criticized at one point. They said, you know, the problem with his message is motivation does not last. And Zig Ziglar thought about that, And he responded by saying, no, it doesn't, but neither does bathing. That's why you need to do it on pretty much a daily basis. It's the same way, friends, with being renewed. Paul says we have to renew ourselves daily. I am so glad that you have come to join us in person today. But I I hope that this is not your only spiritual nourishment for the week. Man, I hope that every day you are taking time in your home, following maybe our, our Bible reading that we're going through the Bible this year, through Journey, or your own devotional, your own prayer time. It's important to renew yourself, not just once a week on a Sunday morning, but daily. This is not a Sunday only event. Paul doesn't say renew yourself by gathering together weekly. No. So I'm challenging you like the Apostle Paul. Be inwardly renewed on a day-by-day basis. And Paul gives us three strategies here. Not not here, but in in the word. Paul gives us three strategies. Really found in Ephesians chapter 4 where he says renew your mind. Renew your mind daily. Make new the attitude of your mind. He said that we do that by rejecting who we are, our sinful, selfish nature. We step away from our former selves and we focus on who we are in Christ. Christ is our righteousness. We understand that. The Holy Spirit lives in us. We are righteous and holy before the Lord. We are important. We need to renew our mind because the world's not going to give you value, but the Lord will. We need to remind ourselves, and I thought you know that's maybe that I, I don't know a lot about you know English and structure, but remind, remind yourself is like you have to remind, like Paul's saying, renew remind yourself daily that God didn't give you the purpose of, you know, pursuing accolades or acquisitions. He created you to be conformed in the image of Jesus. That's our purpose, to become more like Jesus, to give God glory, to see things through his eyes. And we need to renew our mind daily. Man, take charge of what you see. Take charge of what you hear. And some of us need to just quit staring at our, our phone and reading every toxic piece of propaganda that comes across, whether it's disguised as you know, news or somebody's opinion. You know, We need to put Netflix aside for a while. Stop listening to music that doesn't build you up. We need to refuse to participate in, in conversations that tear others down. That doesn't mean you have to criticize the people who might be conversing. I recently, in the last couple of weeks, just graciously walked away from a conversation because it just wasn't uplifting. It was gossipy. It, I, I felt uncomfortable, but I also didn't have the relationship with the people that I felt I could make a corrective statement. So I I just walked away because I thought, I don't want to fill my mind with that. Man, I've got enough stuff I've got to deal with. You know? Man, I need to spend time in the Word, watching, uplifting things, listening to things that are going to empower me, being around people that are going to encourage me and point me to Jesus. And that's all hard work. But that's what we have to do to renew our mind. Paul also says, renew your spirit. Now that is spending time with Jesus. Only Jesus can renew your spirit. You renew your mind outwardly with, you know, all the sensory stuff that's coming at you. But your spirit is renewed in your time with Jesus. Your prayer closet, your time of meditation, your time alone with the Lord. Time in the word, time in prayer. Time in worship. I mentioned Warren Worsby earlier. He said in one of his books, the most important meeting we as leaders attend is our daily personal meeting with the Lord before the day ever begins. When worship and meditation increase our faith as we receive the orders for the day. I've thought a lot about that. I look at my calendar every morning. It's a habit I've gotten into over the years. I look at my calendar and I pray for every appointment, every family I'm going to meet. If I've got, you know, two hours of study time blocked in there, I'll pray, Lord, during that time, help me to be focused, hear from you. I always go through my my calendar in the morning like that. But I read that again and I thought, that is so important to realize that the most important meeting on my calendar is that early morning meeting that I have with God. And that's the most important for you, too. Yours might not be an early morning meeting. might be, you know, your rhythm of life might be different than mine. I'm just saying time with God every day. And that moment with God, in order to renew our spirit, has to have moments of reflection. Now, in the Old Testament that word reflection is meditation. But a lot of Christians are really afraid of that word now because Eastern religion uses that word too. But it's a good word actually. Meditation or reflection, contemplation. It's not a complicated process. It's simply sitting in silence, saying nothing, just focusing your thoughts on God. Think about God's love, think about his mercy, think about his grace, think about his promises. That's how you renew your spirit. That's what the psalmist meant when he said, be still and know that I am God. So we renew our mind, we renew our spirit, And Paul also says we need to renew our heart. Another way to say that is give yourself an emotional lift every day. Take care of yourself. Self-care is really important. Jesus did it all the time. There'd be crowds of people saying, Jesus, come teach us the principles of the kingdom. Jesus, come heal these people. And he'd say, "I I love you, but right now I need to withdraw I need to go into the mountains and spend time with my father. Why? Because Jesus knew the importance of renewing your heart. If Jesus need to do that, how much more do we need to do it? It's not selfish to take care of yourself. You have got to be healthy spiritually in order to help anybody else. So you need to renew your heart. Give yourself that emotional lift. Now, I, I don't know what that is for you. We're all different. Sometimes it's spending time with a friend. There's one guy that if I just kind of need a break in the day and need an emotional lift, I'll just call him and talk to him for 10 minutes. And he is so funny, and he is always so positive, and he just, it's a breath of fresh air. Maybe it's by listening to music. Music, you know, can really touch our heart like nothing else. Maybe it's just a good laugh. Bible says a joyful heart is like good medicine. Maybe it's getting around people that will inspire you. John Maxwell, former pastor down in San Diego, now has a company called Enjoy out of Atlanta, Georgia. Some of you are familiar with John Maxwell. He says that some people are like fire lighters And some people are like fire fighters. In other words, there are people in your life who will light the fire of hope. And then there are other people in your life who believe their job is to snuff out your fire of hope. There are people who will light your fires and people who will fight your fires. I mean, sometimes you have to love the firefighters, but you don't have to hang out with them. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? You need to seek out the people who will light the fire, light the inspiration in your life. Share a moment with someone close to you that will build you up in the Lord. Renew your mind. Renew your spirit. Renew your Your heart. In one of the most beautiful Psalms, I think, that King David has ever written, it's Psalm 23. It says, He makes me to lie down in green pastures, and He leads me beside the quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. Every day, friends, every day, God wants to lead you to the green pastures of quietness. Every day he wants to refresh and renew your soul. Why? So that when you do get discouraged, you won't lose heart. When you are disappointed, you won't give up. You will be steadfast. When you make it a point to be renewed in Jesus on a daily basis, man, despair just doesn't have a chance. Because your resources aren't depleted. You filled your resources by that daily renewal of your mind and your spirit and your heart. Your tank is always full. So the problem in many of our lives is we try to live this victorious life but we don't have any reserves because it's been weeks since we just took a break and it's been months since we really seriously read the word and Maybe it's been a long time since you really just talked to God from your heart. As Paul wrote to the church in Corinth, I just want to share with you, my dear church family, don't lose heart. Don't lose heart. I know there's a lot of reasons in all of our lives to get discouraged. Life's a mess, (laughs) it's a never ending battle. It's one thing after another. You just think, man, I got this, and then something else comes. I understand that. But remember, those are all external. It's not what the Word says. They're external. Our hope is not in fixing all those things. Our hope is not in ourselves. Our hope is in the living hope of Jesus Christ alone. Our hope is built on Jesus Through him, through the power of his resurrection, through the presence and empowerment of the Holy Spirit, which is one of our values here at Wenatchee First Assembly, spirit empowerment, we can be renewed every day. Our mind, our spirit, our heart, and I encourage you friends, let it happen in your life. It's too soon to quit. It's always too soon to even think about quitting. Choose instead to be renewed every single day. Will you stand with me as we pray together? Father, I thank you that your word addresses the reality of the difficulties of living life here on this earth. Paul was so honest with us when he said... My body is wasting away and there are external factors that that discourage me. Yet he also gave us a key to remaining strong and steadfast. And that was to rely not upon how many things we can get checked off our to-do list, not how strong we are in our own power, but we can be steadfast, we can face tomorrow, if our hope is in Jesus Christ and we allow the Holy Spirit to renew us daily, give us the fresh resources we need to live victoriously for you. I thank you, Lord, that you are a God who loves us, who is alive and well, who has given us your spirit that we might inwardly be strong. And I pray, Lord, that each of us will hear from you today. Take the lessons we've learned and apply them that we might walk in victory in Jesus' name. Let me read the text before we sing our closing song. Therefore, do not lose heart. Though outwardly we're wasting way, inwardly we're being renewed day by day. For your light and momentary troubles are achieving for you an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So fix your eyes, not on what is seen, but what is unseen, since what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal, amen.